jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! All right. I have been looking forward to this episode for so long. Literally, uh, like months and months and months of discussion has led up to this. I think it was my first words, actually, as a baby. Yeah, you were like, (laughs) I want to do the haunting podcast. Little baby Stacey said, in the night, in the dark, in the night, in the dark. I'm just like because Stacy, you know, we 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 have reviewed literally like 20 hours of materials related to the haunting of Hill House leading up to this episode. It's true. In sickness and in health. Um and I if I hear in the night in the dark one more time, I know it's true. I'm going to continue to love it. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to love it even harder. I'm like, I'll say it again, Mrs. Dudley. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just feel like in preparing for this episode, watching the original film, the remake, and then the Netflix series, it's like a metaphor for your life's journey. It really is. You know, there's delicious highs, depressing lows, (laughs) nougaty middles. (laughs) Like it has it all. Where where does Owen Wilson fall on the scale? <laughs> Bottom I, third. I feel like he's a he's a nougaty low. He's a nougaty low. Yeah, yeah that's a good nougaty low. <laughs> wow. It's like DJ name. DJ Nougaty Low. <laughs> What's up, in pizza? I'm DJ it's Nougaty me, Low. DJ nougaty low. Yeah, in the night in the just gives and it gives see unless it's the remake and then it well we'll get to it it mostly just takes it mostly takes and leaves you (laughs) an empty husk in that in that respect it is the most effective of all of them (laughs) that's true i honestly it might have given gotten the most emotional reaction out of me yeah actually that could be i mean before i reached um terry shivo catatonia level (laughs) I, I was having a feeling. Uh, now all I have uh, is a balloon. Uh, <laughs> too sad. Well, I too haven't sad. heard a Terry Shavo joke in some time, well, so thank you. Well, I'm your gal Friday. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Woo. The places will go. Oh, oh, and, and will Dr. <laughs> Seuss join us for them? No, turns out. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Dr. Seuss does not endorse Gaylords of Darkness. <laughs> no, but Deborah Hill does. So. Yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the Haunting of Deborah Hill. I would watch that. It's just us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a 
list of our episodes. <laughs> She's just like, God, will they just shut up already? I don't talk like that. <laughs> Leave me alone. I wish I never made those movies. I was in the producer's guild. <laughs> Ah, what a goddess. I hope that's what she said every time she was in line for like a car, uh, to rent a car. (laughs) I was in the producer's guild. (laughs) (laughs) I will have your job. I was in the producer's (laughs) guild. Oh, bless her. Oh, yeah. Bless her. All right. Do we we go back in time? All the way to the 60s. All the way to the world of black and white. Oh, what is this confusing textural place that I find myself in? I don't know how to feel. Oh, the the colors aren't telling me what I should <laughs> react to and look at. I'm so bored with this black and white movie. Oh, everything is so slow. And oh my God, this is terrifying. What is happening? Why is this happening? Why is that door doing that? Why is she talking, but her mouth isn't moving? <laughs> the mysteries of voiceover. <laughs> well, at least it's not subtitled. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 1963. Duh. The best. Just, I mean, I, it's hard for me to talk about this movie even because I love it so much. Because it's objectively. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Th- there's no two ways around it. This movie yeah. is, it has everything. It has, uh. Uh, lesbian undertones. It, oh, God. And overtones. And overtones. It's textual and subtextual. It, well, you had to go and bring in the big syllable, Stacy. Well, <laughs> you know. It's got, it's got doors expanding. It's got banging in the night in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's got dinner on the sideboard at six. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. And I I had only seen it like once before a long time ago. So it was so such a wow. welcome refresher for this like Shocktober experience. Yeah, it, it just it every time I see it, which is quite a few times now I just I get something new from it or I notice some new way that it's just completely masterful yeah what did you what did you really respond to this time around what was 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 different for you well this time i admit i had my eyes extra on the theo eleanor relationship oh because i knew we were going to be talking about it and so my eyes are always on that but i like also had other eyes on it like all of my eyes would you say they were like sisters (laughs) they were like sisters like sisters ah it's just, I mean, uh, uh, it's hard. Oh. Like, I, yeah, the words don't come out because there's just so much in my brain. <laughs> the words are dying. The words die before they come out. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I also, <clears throat> given that I rewatched the re- the 99 remake before I watched this again, mm. I just was especially taken with, I mean, it's known for its subtlety. But just, I really tried to pay attention to the ways he does that. Robert Wise, the director. Oh, I thought you were saying the remake is known for its subtlety. And I was going to say, I I agree completely. (laughs) To like Helen Keller, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But like to anyone who has functioning eyes and ears, like, no. (laughs) Well, there goes our endorsement from... Yeah. From everyone. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm 
just saying the the remake we'll get to it but it's an assault on the senses it's an assault on all of my precincts and i have 13 of them it is (laughs) it is yeah it's terrible um uh, uh so wait did you you read the book you've read the book as well the oh, yeah. Shirley Jackson tome, which I, uh, full disclosure, I have not read it and I need to resolve this, especially after immersing myself so deep in the world of The Haunting of Hill House. Um, and I, I would take it that this is like a fairly solid adaptation of the book. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's there's some stuff in the book that doesn't happen in the movie, but tonally for sure. And I think what it does... <clears throat> That no other haunted house movie, no matter how good or bad or whatever, what this movie does is it the house itself is the ghost. Yes, you know, yes. is the evil presence. Yes, and you really there's no like I mean we're gonna get to this with when we talk about the remake and the the Netflix series, but like they definitely the ghosts become more characters in the in the follow up. Yes, um, yeah. Like the house is still kind of like the source of it, but there's more more of it is placed on certain ghosts or entities versus in the haunting, uh, the original. Yeah, it's very much um, just the the sense of dread of like the architecture itself almost. Yes. Um, which yeah, when Eleanor pulls up to the house in her car and she stops short just because the she feels like the outside of the house is looking at her. Yeah. And it's totally filmed that way. And Jason, Jason loves the book. And he even explained to me that in the book, and I don't think this really is addressed in any of the adaptations, but in the book, um, there's like a passage about how there's like no right angles in the house. And so you're constantly trying to like, it's constantly playing tricks with your brain because nothing works or makes sense architecturally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They kind of talk about in the movie. They kind of talk oh, about yeah, they that do when briefly. Mark Way's showing them around. Yeah, he does briefly address that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they get lost, and it's just yeah. It's I mean the whole thing is like it's a house that was born bad, and it's like not because someone died there, and you have to find their necklace and bury it or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's the house itself is an evil entity. Yeah, there's no magical Indian burial ground. there's no there's no john lithgow not doing a main accent (laughs) there's no well underneath the basement with a child in it you know like (laughs) that's just every other house in new england yeah exactly but not this one this one's the house i mean it says the house was born bad and it's like this is the only a lot of other movies have kind of tried to use that but this is the only one that does it successfully i think so i mean that i was really taken with and then just you know it's hard. Once the movie gets to a certain point, it's hard for me to think about anything besides Theo. Oh, so here's the thing. I have to. I oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna address Theo later in other media's too. Uh, in other media as well. Right. But this Theo, I I mean, I feel like she really is like just the quintessential Theo. And yeah, oh yeah. Theo is. I, I did like the other versions of her, but this Theo is really it, and she is. Um, She's just so iconic, like, (laughs) not just as, like, a queer icon, but just as, as, like, a femme, um, psychic, just, like, that entire, that entire aura around her, all the way down to necklaces, like, I just love her so much, and they, they really don't explore too much of her character, except she's, she's psychic, she's kind of a troll, and she actually is a caring person, that's, like, really all you know about her. Right. 
Well, there is like the one deleted scene from oh. this film, apparently, which has been shown over in the UK. Like the BFI has a copy of the deleted scene, but I've never seen it. It's like impossible to find. Comes at the <clears throat> excuse me at the beginning of the film when they're kind of introducing all the characters, and there's a scene with Theo breaking up with her girlfriend. <gasps> really. At the beginning, yeah. It's like Theo, you can see that like her house, she's like an artist. Like Theo is a painter and a sculptor and all of this. And then she writes on the mirror, I hate you in lipstick. Oh, of course she does. Yeah, and then she yells down, there's a woman in a car outside and they have an exchange. Oh, wow. And they cut it because they felt, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I think it. I would I I want to see it before I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But but like I think it helps lend the like it would explain too much. Yeah, whereas about and, her. But then there's the producers in the '60s being like, "Why is this artist mad at her sister?" Yeah. <laughs> well, on, surprisingly, everybody was on board. Yeah, like you know, like the director. I've listened to the commentary tracks and interviews and all of this, and they're all like, "Yeah, she's a lesbian." I love that. Because otherwise they don't, they, it's, it's all kind of just subtextual in the, right. in the surviving film. Yeah. I think it's, it's so, I think mo- you'd have to be really clueless to not pick up on it. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's so there. It's just, it's never outwardly pronounced, but that's what I love about it is it is from the sixties and it is, it's so apparent. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really not, even though it is subtextual, it's not something you'd question. Right. And she's just so, I mean, she's a really important character to me. Like, I just love this character so much. And she's yeah. so important to, like, queer film yeah. history. And you know, to... especially at that time, it's like, here's a lesbian who isn't super butch. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, isn't very manly. She doesn't, she's like, she's self-assured. She's confident. She knows who she is. She's living her life. She's smart. She's funny. She's all of these things. And she doesn't die. She doesn't want to die. She's not a victim. She's not a victim in any way. No. At all. And it's just kind of remarkable that she even exists in this form at that time. And even, even as a, as a femme, like queer character who isn't a victim, she also isn't fetishized, which is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there isn't that weird, like male, uh, like girl on girl kind of um gaze like applied to her character or her depictions in any way right yeah and when luke kind of tries to hit on her and she snaps at him and he gets the picture very quickly yeah i like that they kind of become bros after that yeah yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like he doesn't comment like he makes his little comment but there's nothing disparaging about it there, it doesn't come up again, and it's just kind of they become kind of partners because Eleanor's like flipping her wig because she's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. I will say I did also. I don't know if this was just my my own um, uh, wanting it to be the case, or if it was uh, the descending plague that has taken over my household. Um, <laughs> but I also was like, even with Luke and Doctor Markaway, I was like, I felt like there was some weird more than camaraderie between them <laughs> like i just got yeah. i just got strange vibes from them when they would come hang out with the ladies in the night from whatever they were off doing 
Yeah, I'd, I'll accept it. So I just think I'll yeah. accept it. I just, I mean, obviously, I'm that kind of homosexual who's just like, no, everyone is gay. All, everyone, everyone is gay. Yeah. <laughs> you're all gay. <laughs> but, yeah. But in the haunting, <laughs> it's a very gay film, so I'm just like, you're all gay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like these four misfits. They're all misfits for one reason or another, kind of come together, and the whole house is like bubbling with this weird sexual tension that isn't yeah ever really addressed. Yeah. There's that scene with Eleanor and Theo where the- like Theo gets like clam jammed by the ghost or whatever. Like she's about to move in for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> clam jammed by a ghost. My life. <laughs> by by Stacy Ponder. <laughs> yeah, well, it meets her. What are you gonna do? <laughs> right? But I mean, I think about that and I'm like, that could come off as like Theo is the predatory lesbian. However, I think back to Theo knew that like Eleanor had bought new clothes for her trip. She knew she was thinking of like she knows what Eleanor is thinking yeah, it, all the time. That there were a couple of moments where I was like, wow, she's really going for her. But I was like, oh no, it's I'm I'm applying my own projection to that versus like she actually just knows that she wants to try her new clothes on. She wants a new hairstyle. She wants to be out in the world. Yeah. And be a new person. Yeah. And and it's really thoughtful of her that she like fosters that and like wants to be her first friend, really. Yeah. And and help her grow as a person. Yeah. But is she also, like, how privy is she to Eleanor's inner? She might know more about Eleanor than Eleanor knows about herself. I think so. I just, I don't think, what I mean is I just don't think she would move in for something unless she knew that was wanted. Yeah, because you know she, I mean? she's not a, she's not a creep. Right. Exactly. But, I mean, even that is, like, I mean, revolutionary for the time. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's oh. like gays were just perverts. Yeah, and it, even for today's time, like, how we talk about, like, I don't know, the, the bathroom issue or any, there's this there's this constant fear of queer predata- predation, like. Right. I like gay people as long as they don't touch me or come near me or talk to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Theo's perfect. Theo is perfect. How do you feel about Nell? <laughs> Um, I feel so badly for Nell. She has a lot to take in. (laughs) She's a lot to take in. Like, I just, I, the loneliness, like, loneliness really affects me when I see it or read it or whatever in media. And I just, that kind of loneliness, just grasping for a connection and wanting connection, but also being terrified of it. Yeah. And being so desperate for any kind of acceptance that you'll succumb to the will of this evil house is just breaks my heart yeah however she's also you know kind of shrill and not easy <laughs> to like which i kind of like that no and as for a as for like a for a protagonist in a haunted house film um yeah that is definitely against type <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't like her and i think that's why when she calls theo like a freak of nature or whatever oh which is such a rough scene yeah, which can go, I mean, obviously can go several ways. Oh, um, I instantly, like, I only took it one way. Like, it Well, yeah, it hurt. <laughs> I try to see things as the straight housewife from Des Moines sees it, you know? Like, <laughs> I try to sympathize with the other. You're, you're the, you're bridging <laughs> empathy across the party lines. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, but I, it could be interpreted, you know, about her psychic abilities or whatever. That's true. But I mean, I think 
something that could like the audience isn't on Nell's side in that, which I think is remarkable. Yes, yes, and yet it is still tragic what happens to her. Uh, yeah, because absolutely. The, the, She's p- pathetic. Yeah, and the sense of seeing someone hurt. I mean, I think we've all been at places in our lives where we watch someone hurdle towards a destination that uh, you want to try to guide them against, but you know you can't or you're kind of yes. helpless as you watch them sort of self-destruct. And yeah, that's absolutely now. And it's, it's interesting because in the, be- towards the beginning of the movie, I did feel so terrible for her. Um, and then as it got on and it, and it goes on, I'm like, wow, she is really unlikable. <laughs> but Yeah. But it is. Well, she hasn't had any experience. Yeah. Like with people. Yeah. And, and she's under the influence of the house too. And, that, you know? and that's the shitty thing is like, she is a product of her environment and of her upbringing and of the, the, the horrors that she had to live in. Um, yeah. And then, and yet we still feel badly for her and they still fight to save her life, even though it, it's not going to work out, sadly. Yeah. She, I mean, she insists that she's fine while they all know she's not fine. And like the moment at the end where like, you know, she calls for Theo and Theo comes running. It's so nice. Oh, I know. But like earlier when Nell is talking to Dr. Markway and she casually, like anybody who can casually drop that they sleep on their left side because it'll wear their heart out faster is just like... (laughs) it's so sad it's kind of badass though <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if you put that goth spin on it i suppose yeah. that nihilist spin i sleep on my left side <laughs> <laughs> but you know she just wants like a home yeah. but she also kind of doesn't know what she wants because she doesn't have any experience with anything this one too i think more so than any of the other adaptations, although the Netflix one really also touches on this, but this one more so than any of the others, um, does such a good job of placing you in this headspace of of Nell, of how much of this is actually happening in the house and how much of this is yeah. her. Like, like the, the I, and it, obviously it kind of crosses over and you get a sense that it is happening in real life because like Theo hears the banging too. And they, they see, you know, the door expanding and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but like the idea of the banging, especially when she would hear that all the time with her mom, yes. like in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the night, in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> um, you know, like you really get the sense of like, is she hallucinating this? And it, and is it, is it working itself out in the real world too? And it's affecting other people or is the house actually manipulating it or what is yeah. happening? I mean, who, how did her name appear on the wall? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I listening to uh, one of the commentary tracks um, after it was written, they had the idea that this was kind of just Nell having a nervous breakdown and it was mostly her imagination. And so apparently they went to talk to Shirley Jackson about it. And say, like, are, is that right? Like, is that what you intended? Because that's the way the book kind of reads. That's the way this reads. Blah, blah. And Shirley Jackson said, no, but that's a really great idea. So huh. I think she just intended it to be a, a haunted house. But the way it's come out is it can definitely be interpreted any way yeah. you like it. Because, I, mean, I mean, they parallel yeah. each other. They feed into each other. Nell is so subsumed by the house that, like, it's hard to tell. Yeah, what's going even going on. on? God, it's so good. It's so good. I love uh, so much about it. I love uh, literally every actor in it is perfect. Yeah. Um, 
I love. I was shocked at how much I liked Luke. Actually, yeah, because um, he comes on. He's like the he, douchey frat boy, but he's so great. Yeah, he. But he's just like a charmer, and like when he, I, I love when he just like acrobatically flings himself <laughs> off of the spiral <laughs> staircase. It's like he's a charmer. I liked yeah. him. Um, I really, I, I, I love that. Uh, unlike the remake, which we'll get to, there is they, they all know that they're going in for a haunted yeah. house. Um. Uh, and then also like I I'm just gonna keep touching on this in every single adaptation we talk about. I love Mrs. Dudley oh, so much, and best. this Mrs. Dudley I love when when she's giving her monologue, which I I'm so grateful that her monologue appears in every version. It's the only thing that's shared by every adaptation. <laughs> um, but she's giving her monologue and like she's screaming it and Theo and Nell just like are talking over her and not paying any attention and she just keeps giving that monologue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it when later when they're all together and I think Nell is having a freak out and Mrs. Dudley comes in and tells them that she's going to clean the dishes and finally Markway's like, Mrs. Dudley, please! And she's like, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> like she just does her thing. <laughs> I love her so much. I love that both Dudleys are amazing. The Dudleys are incredible. And yeah, she's got her sound bites down. I love Yeah, I just love them. You know what I really like about this Dudley that neither of the other ones really had is when she gives her little speech and talks about how we're not going to come help you because no one will come near this house after night is the little like sadistic smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't come through in the others. That she gives that's like, it's, I love it. Yeah. I just love the Dudleys. Yeah. They're, the Dudleys are angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrifying, angry angels. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just so perfect. Yeah. It's truly, truly great. And, and also, like, props to them for taking on such a dark ending in that time and not changing it from the book, I assume. Yeah um that's true it seems like this would that would have been an era where it would be so easy to to shift it and have like at least something happier happen in the ending even if they did keep what happened to Nell um but it ends on such a bummer note and I love it oh god I just I love I, like if now that gay marriage is legal, like I'm hoping that it becomes legal to marry a movie because I will. Oh, what's next, animals? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna marry the haunted, milk duds, the original. Oh, and milk duds. I'll go poly oh, with milk duds. Oh, Jesus! Wept. I'll do it. That's how strong my love you is. You know, I am an ordained minister, so I will happily officiate. Are you yeah, really? I will officiate your wedding to the haunting. Oh my god! And to milk Thank duds. <laughs> That'll be a very special episode. Would you marry like a Blu-ray or like a real, like a 35 millimeter print? Like, Oh, that's tough. Because like a print I could wrap myself in for our first dance. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and just don't, don't get near a candle or any open flame. <laughs> Stay away from the pile of oily rags and newspapers. <laughs> As you just, as you, yeah, cut to you dancing, cut, wrapped in film, and you're just literally Nell, just doing that dance. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it's just like Nell in the garden, like, do 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 doing my thing, living my life. That is the dream. That's the dream. And you know, ever since I was a little girl. <laughs> oh. 
It all can come true. Yeah. And then on the flip side of dreams, we have nightmares. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> and and CGI, lots of you know lots what? of CGI. Um, I said it the night I watched the 1999 remake for this podcast i said on the social media that i was committing a hate crime against myself by watching it and that is the absolute truth like this marked the third time i've seen this film and that is 12 times too many (laughs) it's really true as you as you posted that on social media i turned to jason and i said do i really have to watch this oh my gosh it's so it's so bad. bad here's what i will say okay it starts off well, like it opened up and we, we get to see what, what do we see? We see Lily Taylor. I love Lily Taylor. And then, Perfect. and then she's with who? <gasps> Virginia Madsen. I, My God, what a I treat. I fucking love Virginia Madsen. And oh, maybe they're expanding the relationship a little bit more here. And oh, but actually maybe Lily Taylor won't be a total raving lunatic like Nell. And maybe I'll like kind of enjoy this version of this character a little bit more. And Oh, this is the house. Oh, look, it's Bruce Dern. I love a Dudley. I love a Dern. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I don't know if it was when Catherine Zeta-Jones showed up. And I usually love Catherine Zeta-Jones. I just wasn't as sold on her, Theo. But um, I think it was really like the second, I don't, just this, the the whole sleep study thing. Like, and Liam Neeson doing it as a one over, but then it wasn't even for ghosts. It was for fear, but he didn't know the house was haunted. And then the CGI that would not let up. Oh my God. Like, (sighs) like I know that the evangelical right likes to say that gays are the reason why there's hurricanes and (laughs) 9-11. This fucking movie is the reason why there's hurricanes and 9-11. It is an abomination. Like, it's an abomination. And I tried. I tried to disassociate myself and say, okay, you know it can't hold, not even a, it can't compare in any capacity to the original. So just try to look at it like a 1999 Haunted House movie. And even then, it's just, I mean, the CGI, there is... Somebody gets punched by a computer door. <laughs> it's there's a face made out of computer curtain. Like I'm not afraid of a fucking pillow. Why case. are there so many giant heads and hands coming out of walls and doors and curtains? Like oh, just because they. Although could. when you know, when when oh. Nell or Eleanor or Nell, I don't feel as comfortable calling Lily Taylor Nell versus Eleanor. But when Eleanor <laughs> is in the bed, and for some reason it turns into like a cage, and then the like eaves in the in the ceiling like get an angry eye face. <laughs> I thought that was cute, but otherwise, I was just like, what the fuck? It's like, what is happening? And then, like, I know it's supposed to be scary, but it's supposed to be, I think, a ghost playing with Eleanor's hair, but it just is a computer hair, hair vagina. vagina yeah, in and they do hair. two hair vaginas, and she's... They do two hair vaginas. She has morphing yeah. teeth for who <laughs> fucking knows why. There's a g- carousel in the house. Like, it's just... Oh, yeah, just... The, the wacky carnival room. And then they have... Yeah. 
Nothing says haunted house and getting you in the mood like which is also the credits music, which is so funny because it's like, yeah. see you later. Oh I hope you enjoyed God. the circus. <laughs> the architecture, like, what is up with that book, the library, the path to the library, where it's like a moat and they have to walk on stacks of books to get? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, you're gonna get all your like, books what? wet, like. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it makes no sense. And, like, they butcher the story, they butcher the house, they just butcher everything that worked about the original, or, honestly, that has worked about Every single thing about it. They turn it, they turn it, like, kind of into a a ghost slasher, briefly, for a moment, like... (laughs) Yeah. Why, why did they, like, why does, why does, um, Dr. Markaway's wife not show up, but instead he has, like, two assistants who are there in the beginning, and then immediately leave, and then never... Yeah, and never for five come back. seconds. Like the do- the Dollar Tree Gabrielle Carteris gets hit in the face with a piano wire, and then they leave. I was so <laughs> confused. Literally, yeah, ten minutes into the movie, I like turn to Jason and I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be like, maybe this is actually, um, maybe time will have been kinder to this movie than we remember." And literally. Yeah, it's and only then 15 worse. minutes in after that, it was, no, I, I'm so wrong. And we were just, yeah. like, maybe cut to an hour after that, and we're both, like, holding onto our heads, wishing the thing was over. Cut to three hours yeah. after that, and we're, like, cutting our eyes out with uh, razor blades. <laughs> it was like Event yeah. Horizon, yeah. the flash. Sam, where... <laughs> Neal, Sam Neal was on fire <laughs> in my living room, yeah. and a woman was cutting out her eyes, yeah. and I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I but I posted I took a picture of like the Amazon thing because I had to rent this because I don't want it in my house on any kind of permanent basis. Um, And then I posted on social media that I was about to watch it. I didn't start for another hour and a half because I just (laughs) couldn't bring myself to do it. And then I felt so personally insulted yet again, like every time I've seen this movie that I, I was like, what can I have to watch this for the show? Maybe I should just like change my identity and <laughs> run away. Sometimes it's kinder. It seemed easier and like less expensive it's, on my soul. It's easier to, to become Carmen San Diego than it is to watch the 1999 <laughs> The Haunting. It's so bad. I mean, they hire an action movie director, Jan DeBont, who had done like Speed. Hello, and all of hello, these I'm things, Jan. And it's like, hello, well, I'm Jan. Hello, I'm a cinematographer. And it's like, this is what you get. Like, it just is. I mean, it's in a way, it's a little bit a product of its time because horror was a lot of the mainstream horror was like that. But it's like, it's all about bombast, which is exactly, it's so counter to the original and just counter to what you want. Because the original is, it's like, it's not slow, but it's like it's it's um intentionally paced, it's thoughtful, it builds up, it it literally it creates yes. the sense of dread that you need to feel like you're there. And this is just it's yeah. it's clown town. It's clown town. <laughs> it's just and like the story, they just decided to do their own thing where it's like Hugh Ugh. Crane 
wanted a family but couldn't have a family and he so he stole all of the child laborers yeah yeah <laughs> and kind of absconded with all of the child laborers that were working for them and trapped him in the hat like what the fuck and then eleanor is related to oh him my God. of course and so at the end she's like that's i'm gonna get you grandpa yeah. like <laughs> oh my this can't be Did, happening okay, this movie like i don't know how long this movie originally was but there's definitely some clear like editing that happened like some slash editing that happened because like like when the fuck did eleanor realize that he was her that she that she was one of the like there was never there's just a sudden moment in the movie where she's like she was my great grandmother and yeah, she saw a picture and then her teeth morphed and then she was like, oh, he must be... Speaking of slash editing, I almost slash edited my fucking wrists watching this thing. Like, but I mean, I guess she saw the picture and was like, oh, that must be my mother. Yeah, or and, grandmother and, then, or and like, then they show the necklace no. after that. But it was like, how? wait, how did she realize that? It doesn't make any sense. Like, and God, I mean, poor Lily Taylor is doing the best she can with this movie. She tried. They all tried. I except maybe Liam Neeson. Like he, yeah, he even, was even Liam Owen Neeson, Wilson tried you know? in this one. Even Owen Wilson tried. Catherine Zeta Jones certainly gave it she her did. best for like you turn Theo into the worst stereotype of a bisexual person. Yeah, she's just like she's just like a bisexual who shops at Prada and goes to parties in Ibiza. Like I don't understand. Uh... I don't understand how that was Theo. Um yeah. I, I was just like, well, I like Catherine Zeta-Jones, but that's really not Theo. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor Lily Taylor. Also, another bit of, like, just the sense of how they, 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 they're completely unable to build up any suspense or dread. Um, and, and, and then at the same time, this, this weird editing that happens. Like, in the first movie, the part that maybe scared me the most was whose hand was I holding when... Yes. Eleanor and Ele- Eleanor and Theodora are in the bed together. They're holding each other's hands. And then Nell wakes up and she's like on the chaise lounge and somebody was holding her hand, but she it wasn't Theo. It's yeah. terrifying. And in yeah. this one, Eleanor is thrown out of bed and then stands up and says, <laughs> Who was holding my hand? Even though there was no allusion to anyone holding her hand before that, she's literally thrown out of a bed and just stands up and says, who was holding my hand? Like they- Like you can't even get such a simple thing. It was almost like they just, they just like add, like they looped that line in and dubbed it in later because someone was like, oh, you should probably put that line in because it's a scary part in the original. Yeah. And now make the door into a fist with computer and punch her. Because you said hand and we need another CGI hand. (laughs) It's been five seconds since we've seen a hand. Let's see. We've had we've had children made out of curtains and pillowcases. Uh, What about a hand towel, perhaps? The overtly detailed ghost children like moving through sheets and curtains and they're just like... Or my my favorite part, Eleanor, the ledger, the ledger, Eleanor. (laughs) I don't know. Should I look at the ledger the ghost children are beckoning me toward? Oh, my God. Fucking ghost children. My ass. I mean, I'm not a fan of ghost children regardless. I mean, that's the, that's the, I think I've, I've said before on this podcast, it's a sin in any horror reboot or sequel when you're like, let's make it better by adding a child. <laughs> yeah. 
let's make Eleanor save the children by sacrificing herself and she'll stay in the house to be their caretaker because she wasn't enough of a fucking caretaker her entire yeah. life. And that was yeah, the point. Yeah, and they're dead. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And they're all dead. Here's what, here's what I did like. Um, one, Owen Wilson getting decapitated by the flu. <laughs> That. Yeah. What is it? How is that a flu? Uh, no one knows. Also, like everything has to be fucking supersized in it's this. It's like it's like a giant fireplace uvula, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so because isn't a flu is just like a shutter in a fireplace, right? So what? Yeah. Why is there a giant stone lion head dongle that can fit a man's head inside its mouth? Why would you make that? Stacy? This will appeal to, I mean, Ukraine wanted to make a nice, happy family home. Yeah. Like, that's your, that's the <laughs> thesis you're going with, and this is what he came yeah. up with? What, what terror land can I build for my children? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed Owen Wilson getting decapitated. I was sad that he didn't say, wow, as he got decapitated. <laughs> um, he only... Oh, but, uh, but uh, Eleanor did say, oh, oh no. that's true. Giant lion-shaped wrecking ball <laughs> just took his head. Miley off Cyrus him three feet yeah. from you. Yeah, Miley, Miley Cyrus him three feet in front of you, and you say, "Oh, oh no!" no. <laughs> I felt the terror. I, I felt people it. say that when I'm murdered in a horrific way by a giant yeah. stone <laughs> uvula dongle. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Um, well, you liked more than I did. The only thing I thought I liked was Mrs. Dudley. Oh, I loved Mrs. Dudley. She was great. I, I like was... Mrs. Dudley. I like the decapitation uh, because it gave me something to laugh at in that moment. And well, yes. I did enjoy seeing the DNA of, um, of, and this was like a weird thing that started in the late 90s. From what I can tell, I feel like it started with this movie and then built up to like 13 Ghosts and then like even the When a Stranger Calls remake. But like bizarre overtly like avant-gardely designed architecture haunted houses slash horror settings that are like either like it turns into like like from this is like bananas clown town haunted house to like 13 <laughs> ghosts it's like high-tech bananas clown town haunted house and they're like yeah house on, yeah, house on like what is up with these late 90s early 2000s cgi glass house like frank lloyd wright houses that are just <laughs> i don't understand yeah. it's like they they could kind of with the technology so they never ask themselves if they should exactly it's that classic thing it's like they just don't understand the essence of what makes a haunted house movie no. work and also a lot of wire injuries a right? lot that was a yeah. little yeah 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 wires snapping and slicing someone like they do that's what they do <laughs> <laughs> i hated it i hate it i i really honestly i like i saw it the first time probably when it came out and i was like kill me and then maybe two years ago for final girl i don't know i was probably thinking about the original movie because i think about it all like the you time. should as I should. And I thought, should I give the maybe, like you said, maybe time has been kinder. And that. Maybe that, I'll try it again. That because will never be true. So my, no, 
it'll never be true. And I realized my mistake the second I watched it. And so now having to watch it for this, like, I am done. Well, I am done. I am very sorry. I am very grateful for your sacrifice. And I would like to award you the, <clears throat> the, the Ukraine Memorial Golden Dongle. It was actually nice because it's like a, I haven't gotten this riled up over a movie in a while. And even though it was the third time, it made me as riled up as ever. Oh, it's so bad. I feel like. And it's a, it feels like a good outlet for my negative energy. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah, I I will say that. If you need to get your hate back for any reason, The the Haunting 1999 is the, the, a great way to do it. Yeah, because I know I'm right. Like, my fury is ancient and totally righteous (laughs) i mean whereas the original haunting is objectively perfect this is objectively terrible yeah i there are people who like they can all burn in hell (laughs) (laughs) there they are it's (laughs) like it just boggles my mind like i just honestly i look at this movie and i'm like i like maybe you could say i like mrs dudley maybe i like owen wilson getting his head cut off but i mean to say like yeah i like that movie it's really good yeah just i don't understand i don't get art if man. there is anything good about this movie it's that it led to scary movie too like that, like that's all yeah. i can give it oh my god Whew. and then flash forward to uh once again in the night in the dark the year 2018 on the, on net. the net with on the, the flicks. flicks and it is yeah. mike flanagan's brand new uh 10 part mini series i guess the haunting of hill house i guess people are losing their minds the internet is a flame everyone is going nuts apparently it's the third most watched horror thing on netflix right now um like it's already caught up to the Walking Dead and American Horror Story. It's gig- it's a phenomenon. Um, wow. And I think we both have feelings about it. I've got so Stacy. What I'm gonna go all out and just say, I was very skeptical. Uh, I was really excited when I first heard about it because I heard Carla Gugino, Mike Flanagan, The Haunting, and I was so excited. And then you emailed me the trailer. And was like, what bullshit is this? When we see like, oh, it's about a family. And suddenly Hugh Crane is Swiss, Swiss family, family Crane. Crane. And I was like, fuck this. And I was so pissed. And then I watched it. And I have to say, I am like everyone else on the internet. And I'm obsessed. I loved it. Wow. How do you feel, Stacy? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> Tell me all about it. Um, I enjoyed my time watching it. Uh, I feel that a timeline of my enjoyment for this would be very shaped like a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it took me a while to really get into it, but I liked it. Like, I, you know, it was fine. And then I feel that it peaked with, like, episodes five and six. I agree. I agree. And then that last episode, to me, was like a Hindenburg-sized overwritten crash and burn the likes of which i haven't seen in some time here's what i will say um 
I don't think the last episode was that bad, but I definitely was let down by the ending. Uh, I I yeah. feel like what I've been saying to people is that I feel like it was next to perfect for me. And the next to perfect is because I just was not happy with that ending. And I don't know what I wanted the ending to be. Um, but it was, it felt yeah. like a great journey. Uh, and then not so much a destination or conclusion, but a great journey leading up to there. Huh. Oh. I mean, I definitely had to detach, try to detach my feelings about the original yeah. and the book. Because it is, I mean, it's very different. It's its own. It, to me, it's more Oculus 2.0 yeah, and, than it is. And I think that's why I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I, Mike Flanagan has never really super clicked with me. Yeah. Like, I enjoy his stuff. I don't hate it. I think it's well made, but it doesn't get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't hook me. And so this didn't really, like the middle couple of, ep like the, the the episodes that centered around Nell, like five and six, I think it was, oh. I thought were legit, like, mwah, like 10 chef's kisses up. Like, I thought they were legitimately brilliant. I agree. Five and six were the best. The Nell, Nell was the whole heart of the piece for me. And the hardest thing for me to get through was the Nell story. Yeah. Because um, it, it was I, just heartbreaking. And yeah, the actress was so perfect. She was great. I think she was really great. I think all the actors were absolutely brilliant in it, but Nell was especially uh, incredible. Um, yeah, and it was it. Yeah, there's this sense of like, it 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 was interesting how it kind of took a lot of um, themes and ideas from the original, mm -hmm. but then like like Nell's desperation or her hopelessness, but it translated in a different way where like she didn't want to to die or for what what happened to her to happen um right but you still have to watch her get trapped in the house again and it was it was yeah. so rough it's so sad and that's the thing is this one it's it's yeah. more of a a family trauma and like childhood grief and all that kind of story than it is a ghost story um which is why so right. then going back yeah. to the oculus thing this is why i liked it i think and this is why i like mike flanagan's work in general is i'm like I'm convinced I've been looking up interviews with Mike Flanagan to try and see what happened to him growing up. <laughs> um, but I am convinced <laughs> that Mike Flanagan, without saying too much, because one day I'll, I'll make a, write a book or something and I'll be Stephen Crane. But I'm convinced that Mike Flanagan and I had the same childhood. Um, as Oculus Aww. was the first time I ever watched something where I was like, this is what it felt like. This reminds me so much of, of of what it felt like growing up mm. um then the only the only other time i've seen anything that came close was haunting of hill house and i was like wow i feel like i feel like he does a he does a good yeah. job of capturing that sense of questioning your childhood and what happened and grief and trauma um and that's why i really responded to it mm. personally but that makes sense it is vastly different sense. from its source material <laughs> Yeah, and it just felt to me like any time they dropped in a line or something, it just it almost felt more like product placement, like in the night in the dark. Yeah, just <laughs> which I will honestly, say was said. It was said like three times too many. <laughs> it really was, and not to get too like burn in my bra, but ultimately I was kind of bothered that <clears throat> Nell's inner monologues, Nell's inner life. And Shirley Jackson's writing was all given to a man with Steven. It's like Shirley Jackson really had 
to struggle to like against you know her male peers huh. and, like, to be taken seriously and all of this and so to literally take her words and have a man say them a man who's just driven by profit and finally like like it, the whole thing felt like it's about teaching him a lesson yeah 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 i get that you know like i mean i think they divided up the time pretty well amongst all the siblings but arguably yeah. he's the main character. which was also surprising to me because i don't think mike flanagan has ever had a male protagonist in any of his work before um and that's another reason i liked him is yeah. i i think he's had really great female characters in his work um and then in in this one yeah. steven is a douche like he's he's horrible yeah he's a real douche yeah so i mean that kind of bothered me like yeah. when all no, that was makes said total done, sense huh? that kind of you know i don't know that it was in, in, in i don't think it was like an intentional thing yeah it was just that was and that was one of my issues too with with the series in general was like that there was so much focus on steven and too like more so that especially right. leading into the ending like that it opened with like even though we we see you know we see that it's not as it seems with the opening of that for of that last episode like oh it's here's steven after it's all happened and it's kind of focused around steven i was like right. i feel like this story is way more about the women in the house and i don't understand why steven is still like almost yeah, it was about, it almost felt like, I mean, and with, like, Hugh passing the torch to Steven, because he's the, yeah. like, oldest sibling, it's just, like, it was ultimately yeah, a story Yeah, which is weird, because it, it felt like the story was opening like that, and then it felt like it was moving past that as the series progressed, and then it felt like they, they yeah. retconned their own story to make it about Steven again, and I was like, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, it felt to me like they realized they only had, like, they were just doing their thing, and then they realized yeah. they only had one episode left. Yeah, and so I get they that had to sense, too. I was talking about it with Jason yesterday, because yeah. I was like, how did you feel about that end? And he's like, well, I wasn't as into it as I thought I would be. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I was like, I, I, I honestly don't know yeah. what I wanted the ending to be. Well, I think if they wanted to go with like this the siblings have overcome this and are moving on with their life, like it just felt tonally wrong. They obviously didn't want to go with any kind of a downer ending, but it's like you've turned this house that was supposed to be born bad into like a fucking gothic flavored San Junipero. And it was it was also like as as someone who has watched every season of American Horror Story, um, I've already seen that in American Horror Story and Murder House, like the very first season, you know, yeah. like they they take bodies to the house so they'll be trapped there as a ghost or they pull people off the property to die somewhere else so they won't be trapped there as a ghost and it was like oh the the dudleys who yeah. once again are perfect angels um like what what is <laughs> happening here why why is the house is such a dreadful place like right. i get that mrs dudley loves her daughter but i also don't understand why she would want her to, to herself to be trapped there it was just it didn't it didn't Right. I mean, there's something sad and poignant about allowing yourself to be consumed by the house and even saying like this house is actually consuming these spirits uh, and be willing to spend an eternity trapped in this place. But yeah. it's like they're all happy. So what's the problem? It just tonally it didn't jive yeah, with it that felt, thesis. It, it so felt really different. And then I was like, OK, wait, so is the villain more is it more about the mom's mental illness or is it is it just poppy poppy was a bad egg <laughs> like yeah it's like all right 
I mean, the, you know, even when they were talking about like moms kind of losing it, it's like they didn't show that enough. It's like the in the end, it was like this wasn't actually a ghost. This was real. Mom was crazy. This, that, and the other thing. And it's like it just happened too quickly, and those things weren't developed yeah. enough. And it's like now you've got the flapper fucking ghost who's like, "Hey, pretty lady, murders a gas, ain't it?" And it's just like I checked. Oh out. my god, I was like, I loved right. Poppy. I thought she was terrifying because she was just she really? was so bananas. It was like it was like imagine that you've been trapped in a room with Zelda Fitzgerald for like a hundred years. <laughs> That's how it felt. And I, I just, I was yeah. vibing on that. <laughs> I just can't get into the go like, and this is not just for this. This is true for anything is like, I just can't get into the ghosts that have like a person. Oh yeah. 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 And they definitely did that. Like I was not a, for the, bo- like the, the man with the handlebar mustache repairing the clock. I'm like, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that, like, w- like you kind of said before, like, you question what you saw. Like, that was yeah. the point of that. It was the kid was convinced there was a guy there. But I'm like, as a ghost, he's not. <laughs> he's just like, fixing a clock. <laughs> I'm not afraid of a crazy flapper. <laughs> like, I just. She was annoying. <laughs> like, you know. I just. So once the ghost got specific, because the only ghost that was specific that worked was the bent neck lady. Like, that was a way to take a ghost and make it a specific thing, give it a personality, for lack of a better word, and to tie it into the character. Oh, I will say. It was very Lake Mungo. It was very Lake Mungo, and it just upped the sense of of tragedy, also like Lake Mungo. Um, I will say the. The ghost that actually made me like scream and and pee a little was <laughs> just the for the the for me it was the pure shock of when Stephen looks out his hallway and he sees the tall floating ghost with the cane. Yeah, I I like cried like I was so terrified. That was good. I was so terrified in that moment that I I literally still think about that ghost all the time and it just scares the shit out of me. Hmm. I think the the one that worked for me the most, I think, was the glimpse of what ultimately you realize is the mother. But at the in the first episode where they're escaping the house and Steven opens his eyes Ugh. and sees the woman like limping around the corner. That yeah. worked for me. Like the yeah. bowler man was cool when he was floating down the hallway and you just heard the tapping of the cane and all that. Was I afraid of the bowler man standing behind Luke? No. Oh no, and then they showed so much of him after that to like the point when they come back to the house and then the bowler man is like literally right in front of Steven's face. Yeah. It's And like... when they go for like the ghost family portrait at the end, like I just like when the, when they leave for the last time and all the ghosts are there, it's just like what is happening? I just <laughs> It was too much for me. While this like horrible song plays, that's just not. Oh, at all what, what was I want. that like country song? My God, what was that? that? We're that... like, this this house has walls, and the walls yeah. have have. Look Z- out for that flapper, Zelda Fitzgerald. She's coming to get more transatlantic axioms. <laughs> Like, it just didn't work. And also, like, through the whole thing, like, and this is not just this either, but I'm really tired of computer ghost face. And I'm also worn out <laughs> by ghosts who yell. Oh, we're that- <laughs> Yeah, like, there's a, there was, like, one really great jump scare with that. But otherwise, like, a face turning to computer ghost and then, like, like, like I just... Uh... I do agree with you. The, the, the CGI, um... 
After Effects. It's like there was like a moment in like 2004 where everyone got After Effects and then every <laughs> yeah. every independent filmmaker's horror movie all ended with the face turning black, the mouth elongating and the eyes like sinking in. Yeah. With that that one After Effects filter. And yep. they continue to do that in this movie. It still happens so much. And yeah. it's just, it's just less is more. Like for this to me, like less is more. And the episodes that were the most effective for me didn't show very much. Like the, the Nell centric scenes, the one where they're in the funeral home and there were all those long takes, like an 18 yeah. minute take or something like that. That had me nervous it was suspenseful. I was looking at the corners, trying to see, like, I, I was expecting things. Like, that's what really gets me going. Not, yeah. a, not a flapper ghost. <laughs> like, hey. I need to harp on your poppy, but, I mean, goodness gracious. In the rot, in the filth, in the dark, in the... Oh, and like when, it, like when you know, at the end when it's like the red room is everybody's nightmare. It exists, but it doesn't exist. And like the bowler hat tea party, like uh, okay. I liked the red room. So <laughs> apparently, um, the Mike Flan. I was reading another in my search for for uh, confessions of childhood trauma from Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Um, as I as I Facebook stalked him forever, uh, <laughs> I did find that originally the ending that they had first come up with was it was basically the same. But when all the family is back together again in the very end, and they're celebrating Luke's like two years sobriety, yep, and they have the cake. Um, apparently, that was how it was going to close. But the window was going to be the red room window behind them. So there, Do it. there would be a question of like, are they actually just trapped in this house still? And they've hallucinated all of this, this happy Don't ending. Don't be afraid to do that in It's like the descent all over again. Like yeah. go with the darker ending. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how I would have felt about that. Cause I get where he was like, he was saying he wanted, I guess he said he sat up in bed and he was like, no, that's too cruel. And I need some hope. And I guess he said all him and the writers all built different parts of their childhood into the story. And they felt they had been through so much writing it themselves that they ended up deciding that the characters needed to have a happy ending or else all of the stuff they went through was for nothing. So I get it. But I also, I feel like they could also kill your darling. Yeah. And I feel like they could have found a little bit more of a middle ground there. Yeah. And also if you're going to be worried about being cruel, how cruel is it for them to have that party and not invite Aunt fucking Janet? Yeah! Yeah, where was Aunt fucking Janet? raised these children on her own and turned them into functional human beings despite their past trauma. I did not even think of that, Stacey. That's right, I'm looking out for Aunt Janet. Yeah, where's Aunt Janet? Mm-hmm. Aunt Janet's just, she's just sitting at the bingo waiting hall. Waiting for the next funeral. Yeah, waiting for the next funeral. I wonder like, if she's getting any royalties exactly so justice for janet (laughs) if nothing else (laughs) if nothing else that's my big takeaway justice for janet yeah i i really i really liked it i i i wish the ending was shifted a little bit differently um i do agree that there could have been uh even less views of the ghosts although after a while i reached the point where i just liked that the ghosts were there as characters but i'm that person that does like a a a a spooky flapper um (laughs) and and a tall man um i loved uh the different takes on the characters i thought the actors were all great carla gugino i still love forever in everything she does and i thought she was fantastic in this um 
Theo, I thought they did a great job with Theo too. Um, I wish that she was a little bit more, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wanted something a little bit more from Theo, even I, maybe even just more screen time for Theo, I thought would have been nice. Yeah. But I thought they did. I didn't, uh, I thought I liked Theo. Yeah. I don't like that the way they developed tension between the two sisters so they could eventually have their big showdown was to make it a sexual thing. That was weird. And with her husband, is even though she's And with gay, her husband. Yeah. And like this whole big convoluted nonsensical answer when it's like, so you have to have it so that the lesbian character, like, even for a couple of episodes, you're like, did she do something? And Theo's like, I really screwed up. Yeah. It's like why why that's just well-trodden territory that I don't like there there was an, another way to make the sisters antagonistic. Yeah, I agree. I although I do feel like um even if the writing was bizarre with that, I felt like her acting in that monologue when she hmm. explained why it happened and like the void that she felt, I thought that was so strong that it made it work. Um hmm. but yeah, I do have that all that got kind of I had that hesitation where I was like, "Oh motherfucker, now you're going and making her like a a sudden straight chaser for a moment like what what yeah. what is this that was weird um i my favorite parts were definitely theo's episode where she gets they played with the whose whose hand was i holding thing yes and she gets yeah. she gets the psychic hand <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. and i will also point out that young theo also played young tanya harding and i tanya my favorite movie of last oh, year yeah. i loved young theo i love a sullen gay child young theo she was the perfect sullen gay child she was great she was the she was fucking bomb i loved i love young theo um and and I just I'm convinced that this is a, a young queer actor after she played Tanya Harding and this character. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's on the spectrum. Somewhere. Yeah, she's on the spectrum. Her psychic hand was fantastic. It was for me, it was that episode which ended with Theo saying, I'm getting my fucking PhD. Um, and then, yeah, the Nell episode and then episode six were just like so solid, so solid and yeah. so, so thoughtful. Yeah. Also, I thought young, um, Young Cheryl was amazing and yeah. and did such a good job at like playing a younger, like she looked like her even. And I, yes. I was shocked to find out that young Cheryl was the same actor who played um, the little possessed girl in Mike Flanagan's Ouija movie. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh I haven't seen that. Yet. It's actually, I think it's a joy, but I don't know. I've heard it's, I've heard it's actually pretty good. For what, I mean, for being a sequel. It's a Ouija movie. Yeah, for being a sequel to the Ouija film, it is uh, way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. It's just cute. Yeah. Here's my question. Yes. If Luke was such a, like, hardcore junkie who had been living on the, you know, like, on the streets and had a drug problem for years and years and years, like, was he putting in contacts every day still? Because when he was a child, he had those thick-ass Coke bottle glasses. Oh! And then as an adult, he doesn't have anything. So am I to assume he's putting in contacts every day, he's functional enough for that, or did he get LASIK? I would... I don't usually care about things like that, but it was so... Like, that's a, a kid with glasses that thick is not going to grow up and not need That's glasses. a good question, because actually Luke was... I, I loved the actor that played Luke, adult Luke, and I thought he also did a fantastic job. This whole podcast is me just saying how much I love these actors. Um, <laughs> but I thought he did a great job. But I did feel like I was the least convinced that his child counterpart grew up to be him. 
Yeah. Versus, like, they did such a good job of making all the kids seem like they grew up to be these actors. Yeah, his personality didn't jive. Yeah. With little little Luke. Little tiny, like, um, Jonathan Lipnicki from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this century's Jonathan Lipnicki. I'm gonna say it is canon that uh, either Theo's psychic hand healed his <laughs> eyes, yeah. or he used some royalty money to get LASIK after oh, there you go. after okay. after stealing heroin from <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right, that works. But that but works. good question. <laughs> I mean, I don't usually care. Like, I'm not the kind who's like, how come no one's gone to the bathroom in this movie? Like, I don't care. But it was, like, such an obvious physical thing. (laughs) You know how some people are like that? (laughs) They've been camping for four days and none of them have had to go to the bathroom. That's amazing. You know. As someone who does not have perfect eyesight, I just thought either he can't see shit now or he's got those contacts. Maybe that's why he's on drugs. That could be. Maybe they help. Yeah, he doesn't know how to deal with the fact that he doesn't like wearing glasses and can't see. Right. That's why I use drugs. Heroin? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Theo as the lesbian love child of rogue from the x-men and johnny from the dead zone yes has to wear her gloves lest she touch someone and feel too much of their insides yes. her throwing away her gloves at the end i don't know she can't really control like i wouldn't want to shake hands with the cashier at the grocery store like johnny from the dead zone was tortured by his that's true and she was tortured by her it wasn't like an emotional that's true like see you're subjecting yourself i i definitely uh be uh i get i'm i'm really willing to to (laughs) to hold the psychic hand of this of this version and go places with it (laughs) Um, so like for me the metaphors of grief and of trauma and of trying to work through that shit like even though they're really uh heavy hand oh heavy handed maybe oh, hey. um i really i really i guess because i relate to them i really like what they're they're having to say with it so i i get the sense right. that theo in that part yeah it definitely doesn't make as much sense because then anytime she touches anybody she's going to be rushed with emotions and feelings and knowledge um but at the same time, like, I think the metaphor of uh, her, I think she had just wanted to be numb for so long and and she right. didn't want to. Yeah, it was definitely like a very, it's, here's like, she took a metaphor and threw it. In yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> you know? And that's, and so I guess, I don't know. I don't want to nitpick. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but like. And I, I think that's definitely one of the failings of the ending is it's like, there's moments like that where it's like, she literally did throw a metaphor in the trash can. <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, well, I like the yeah. metaphor, but at the same time, the 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 way that they right. depict it in the end, especially, I was like, nah. yeah. But if I yeah. could, if I could just sit and watch Cheryl be an asshole all day, I would. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's yeah. great. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it just like uh, the last couple episodes. Like, I'm really glad you enjoyed it, and everybody else. Like, I'm definitely. I'm not being a contrarian on purpose. Oh I'm no, and I'm feeling. I'm grateful that you are because I I, I think what's interesting uh, in 
conversations is when people don't agree on things versus like if we were a podcast where we're just like i love the haunting the first one it's it's perfect oh i hate the remake it's terrible and then oh and we feel the same way about this that's not interesting at all that's true versus with this stacy we're able to dive into the nuance and multiple layers of the metaphor yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't pick up on any metaphors in this they were subtle (laughs) they were subtle they were too subtle (laughs) that's you know what was interesting and i know that this was like i really liked about this was the fact that even though the swiss family crane was all a bunch of white people oh yeah 99 percent of all of the other characters were people they did make an effort to do that yeah that's nice they really made like it was literally with the exception of like the one bridesmaid and like the molesty dad everybody else was a person yeah wait who was the molesty dad when Theo solves the oh, crime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good on them for making the white people be the villains. Yeah. 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 I didn't even think yeah. about that. I hear I wasn't even watching it with my with my, my smart goggles. Which I, I clearly was watching it with my emotional trauma goggles. But... Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, that's nice. Good job, Mike Flanagan. See, yeah, I, I thought that was This really is why cool. I like Mike Flanagan. It's like, well, one, same childhood. Two... Um, the fact that he really seems to prefer writing roles for women and focusing on, on, on these female characters. Three, uh, he's for being like a straight white dude. He seems a little bit less Eli Roth and a little bit less like, I don't know, auteur horror filmmaker dude than the others to me. Mm. And kind of, at least also follows down the route of paying tribute to the old spooky, scary classics. So I like that about him. Right. I'm excited for Dr. Sleep. Am I? I don't know that I am, honestly. <laughs> and that doesn't have anything to do with him. Like, I, I didn't read the book. I'm just like, I, I don't need I, it. I don't need yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like, it's. I, I realize it's going to be Ewan McGregor. And I I liked Ewan McGregor when I was a teenager and I was like in love with him. But I, I haven't liked anything that he's done since. Yeah, since. I just am not... Maybe it'll be great. I mean, that's my that's my thing about like everything that's come. Maybe it'll, maybe be, it'll great. be great. As it's like just horrible, but also like I yeah. I once again like don't care about male protagonists and and right. I don't need to see Danny's story. Like it was good enough. Yeah, for and me. it's also clear I think that Mike Flanagan doesn't care about male protagonists because like he couldn't sell us on Steven even <laughs> like Steven was horrible. Versus like every other woman that has starred in all of his movies, I've always been right on their side um so it'll be interesting to see what he does with that but i'm interested to see uh where he continues to go as a filmmaker and i hope i hope i hope i hope if nothing else that they do not make a sequel to this like i I do not want this to be i'm so i'm so worried this is going to be the next stranger things because stranger things was supposed to be its own contained thing and it was perfect as that and then once you start talking about how everybody's I mean, people are jizzing all over this thing. Yeah, it's, like, arguably bigger than Stranger Things already. And I'm just like, oh, please don't do another. Because, like, I... I, They will. They have... I mean... I'm like... Get them dollars. Just do, like, an American Horror Story and adapt House on a Haunted Hill with the same actors. (laughs) Like, do do that. Make it also about childhood (laughs) trauma. And I'll love it still. (laughs) But, like... Right. I I mean, what could they do? It's... They can't. I hope Yeah, what, like... Carla Gugino eats the dad's ghost and she's like, now I need more kids. 
<laughs> More ghosts yeah. for me. Yeah, or she she turns the she turns Hill House into a franchise and like Oh my god. <laughs> they turn it into a fun house. That's how you do a sequel is then you have the Liam Neeson and Lily Taylor and Catherine Sarah Jones and Owen Wilson come in and do a sleep study in the new Hill House with Carla Gugino. There you go. Perfect. Just get that flu swinging, Come baby. on, Jason Blum. We're ready. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, golly. Murder's a gas. <laughs> Come on, Poppy. <laughs> Come on, Poppy. Let's swing it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, spooky flappers. Spooky flat. I did not foresee the spooky flapper. I, I, I did love that at the end of it... Um. <laughs> the main menace in the house because because we don't know the history of the house anymore once they get rid of uh the Ukraine element um like they just kind of keep alluding to the the hill family um but like you don't really know why this place is so evil or haunted or possessed or if it is just the house itself but i love that at the end of it all the real bad egg was this bananas flapper <laughs> who just right. wants to see yeah. bad things happen to people <laughs> Yeah, which to I me, mean, why? Oh, I was oh, just go gonna ahead. say thematically, to, narratively, to me, it doesn't work um, as well as it could because I'm still like, wait, it's really just because it was an evil flapper, um, even though I'm. It doesn't. Yeah, even either. though I am that person that I'm like, it's just because it's an evil flapper. I love this, <laughs> so right. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't tie it together. You're right. It doesn't. It's not tied together because it's like the whole time. A, you know older Hugh is insisting that the house was like fucked up and haunted yeah. but then he never really saw very much did he all he saw really was if anything he should have been more Stevens side who thought that like his mom was just mentally ill and you know like because that was kind of all that Hugh really saw yeah he wasn't so affected by the ghosts and the because it wasn't so much the house no matter how much Mrs. Dudley insisted it was the ghostly inhabitants. Yeah, did of the Hugh house. ever see anything until Abigail showed little baby Abigail was a ghost? No. Like he had no evidence. No. He just knew that she went nuts. Right. Interesting. Oh, I didn't even Yeah. Oh, that Okay. So it just didn't it's like they tried to make it seem like the house was bad, the house was bad, and it's like, no, it's the ghosts inside that are bad. Okay, that's fine. But then the kids keep insisting they see things. No one else sees anything. Everyone just thinks mom's cracking up. It just, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't gel for me. Yeah, for me, I still, I still like that because so much of my childhood was spent trying to figure out how much of this is really happening and how much of this is because of someone else's like delusions. Um, And I'm like at the point where like as an adult, I'm like still rethinking like what was real and what wasn't. And that's, that's why I relate to this. But yeah, narratively- It's tricky. <laughs> yeah. And just as a viewer who likes the scary stuff, when you find out that, like, the doorknob turning was just somebody turning. Was just the your doorknob, sister on the I'm other like, side? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Oh, Jason okay. just went, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, well, that's the thing is, like, so the, the Red Room, I get that it, like, kind of changes depending on what the inhabitant at the time you want a tree house it's a tree house 
It's a tree house. So, but the fact that they all said they couldn't get in, like the fact that Cheryl was like, there's no key. We can't get into this room. But Cheryl was also, it was a family room for Cheryl. It's like, well, did she get in or not? Unless the whole floor changes, you know that where you're going is where the red room is. And in the right, when I read that interview with Mike Flanagan, he mentioned that like literally in episode six or something, one of the writers was like, what if we reveal that the, we've already seen the inside of the red room because the whole time they were writing it, they were trying to figure out what was, what was inside the red room. And then the, a writer came up with that, like, Oh, we've already been to the red room. So it was definitely something they, they added later on and didn't like build into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's been locked this whole time, but then you find out that Theo's in there dancing to Paula Abdul. <laughs> Which was fantastic. I liked, but Yeah. <laughs> The sullen gay child. Literally, secret, literally, Jason know. turned to me and said that was all of us at twelve. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's so universally queerly true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, so she got in. How did she get in if no one had a key? Did it open itself for her? Did it open itself for Nell? Did it open its like it opened itself for all of them? I mean, I assume it's like the nursery from the original film. That's the cold, dark heart yeah. of the house. I feel like. But it just I feel like it's the kind of thing where like they just walk into a door and then they're just like transported through a portal into the red room and they don't know that they went into it and and it doesn't make any sense. I just gotta yeah. let it go. I just gotta let it Stacey, go. Stacey, you're trying to think too hard with your brain. <laughs> I shouldn't. I mean, I should just let it wash over me. But I think the problem is, is that it lost me at the end. And then that's why I'm like, but what about this? Like, then I turn into that asshole who's no. like nitpick and and i totally agree with you as someone who who really did love it like that ending i was just really just kind of like oh really (laughs) like i wanted i wanted so much more from that ending um and i especially what i especially did not want was a country anthem (laughs) i was so confused by that choice I mean, it's the equivalent of the carnival music, you know what I mean? It's like that discordant with what we've seen. Welcome to Country Clown Town. (laughs) Country Clown Town, baby! I'll be a a rodeo queen for the morning, for the afternoon, for the evening, for all of them. In the filth and the rod, in the filth and the dark of the night. In the night in the dark. Well, no one can hear you screaming in the the night in the dark. This is our uh, carnival backer, Miss Dudley over here. We got dinner on the sideboard. Okay, I think we found our calling. It's to <laughs> to run. <laughs> Interpret yeah, a Mrs. wild. Dudley's we're gonna monologue. run a wild west themed Sh- Shirley Jackson Hill House Airbnb, <laughs> where we all wear forty oh gallon hats and flare up plenty. <laughs> yeah, we're cow- cowboy, cowboy flappers. flappers. And we'll say, if you had questions about the last movie, just wait till you come to our Airbnb. You'll have more questions. <laughs> yeah. In the night in the dark. On the Dudley's <laughs> new ranch. Oh. <laughs> so I think we can all agree, wow. if nothing else about the haunting, the Dudleys are the shit. <laughs> Theo is a perfect queen. God, I love Theo. I could just do a Theo podcast. I mean, every episode would just be like, I love Theo so much, but... I, I said this on our last episode is like Theo is my style icon for this coming year. I'm like, yeah. I just want to, I just want to channel Theo in the original, of course. Yeah. Like I'll, I might, I might start like wearing gloves everywhere I go to, but I, 
So, like, a nice turtleneck dress, a big, like, gothy psychic dyke pendant, and, like, a, a nice glove. That will be my my style for the next I year. Look, I look forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be, I'm gonna be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna talk to everyone about being my sister, and, like, <laughs> I'll subtly troll them, but out of love. Man, can we talk about the scene? I, I mean, I should whatever but in the original film the scene where you know nell and theo are in bed and uh-huh. they're kind of drunk and eleanor uh-huh. asks her if she's married and she says uh-huh. no like that is some master level acting to put that much meaning into the word no it was just your line reading no and that's the thing about we don't have that anymore no like, we don't have that subtlety or that ability to code stuff on that level anymore. And that's what so many of the... That's why I love these old queer horror movies. And that's why I, I don't think anything is as transgressive or shocking as those movies will be. And as, yeah. and they were. Um, because you're they're capable of building so much into one look, mm-hmm. one word. one and, and I don't know how they did it. It's masterful. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like, damn, that bitch can act yeah oh <laughs> perfect queen absolutely in the night in the dark in the night in the dark like sisters like sisters in the night in the dark <laughs> yeah i've been saying in the night in the dark um for the last week and a half <laughs> <laughs> how could you not man they really drove it home in the miniseries oh, oh my god boy. in the night in the dark i'm i'm ready to never say in the night in the dark ever again but it's probably all i will say for the rest of my life yeah after. i was gonna say either the only two choices are never say it again or only say it forever yeah that's the only words i'm capable of saying yeah. anymore <laughs> in, in the a... night in the dark in the night in the dark <laughs> it's like rocking in the corner like ah. <laughs> oh well i do feel like a i feel like a more evolved better person for immersing myself in the world of shirley jackson absolutely we had to think about things i had to uh i had to be scared had to be scared had to be enraged had to be absolutely (laughs) gut level enraged and bored out of my mind and just wishing virginia madsen would come back love the haunting so good it's so good this was actually this was the perfect way to set up my halloween season was so much haunting yeah it's so good i'm gonna purge the 1999 film from my mind yeah let's just never let's just agree to never return to that let's burn it down and sow the ground with salt Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.